Bloody Elbow presents The MMA Depressed Us, the show that features our trio of analysts watching terrible fights from UFC history or terrible combat sports movies and giving live play-by-play commentary. Hey, Bloody Elbow Podcast, Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Here are your hosts, Zane Simon, Connor Rebush, and Phil McKenzie. Bloody Elbow Podcasts are proud to be sponsored by RevGear. They've been a pioneer in the industry and have grown into a formidable brand and true leader in the MMA gear market. Bloody Elbow listeners get 20% off. Go to revgear.com slash bloody elbow email sign up. Hey everybody, welcome back to the MMA Depressed Us with me, Zane Simon, and my co-hosts. As always, Connor Rebush and Phil McKenzie. That's me. Sorry, Connor. That's no longer your catchphrase. Phil's <laughs> taking it now. I don't think, yes. you know what, as much as I love to give myself undue credit, I don't think I came up with that's me. I, you know what? I'm not I too worried think... about losing the copyright on that one. I, 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 I did. I didn't think you came up with it either, <laughs> but I also think it's the only thing you had going for you, so I really wanted you to keep it, but now it's Phil's. You know what else I have going for me? A dark alliance with Phil in which we persuade you to let us watch fun fights. Yeah, I know. I know. We got you I, again, bitch. Well, I I wanted to do the uh, the Imanari's worst losses <sighs> show. Gotcha, no. mother Rucka. <laughs> We're watching exactly. good fights. Uh, anyway, uh, we gave no. you we we gave you Grant Dawson. Yeah, yeah, we're not doing we're not doing a, a retrospective of Imanari's worst losses. Oh, the time after we watched the Cerrone uh, yeah. bottle, yeah. Project Legion, yeah, which admittedly oh, I, th- I advocated for, but let's move past that. I think that was my favorite movie we've watched yet. It was it truly made me feel insane by the end of it. Like it was a transformative experience. I remember it very well. It was un it was unquestionably abysmal in a way that other movies we've watched for yeah. this other movies we wanted we've watched are just movies that clearly have an idea that is too grand for the scope of the budget and the actors trying to carry yeah. it out. You know, D-Day is supposed to be this big war epic and you have Chuck Liddell in it and Randy Couture. Like, that's not going to. Yeah, well, they've been in epic wars. I mean, what's the difference? Yeah. OK. I mean, uh, yeah. So Project Legion, it, it, I mean, in many ways, it was a horror film. And it was an utterly horrifying experience. Yeah. Like, the thing, the thing yeah. was, Project Legion honestly had every bit of the budget it needed to make the movie they wanted to make. The movie they wanted to make was just awful. Was literally, I mean, if you want to talk about the the trite, cliche definition of insanity. Yeah. That movie gave you the genuine, not in the way the filmmakers thought they were giving it to you. But no. the genuine experience of losing one's mind. It was yeah. a truly psychologically Just punishing. Cyclical, 
like you just can't escape this like never ending uh, cycle just going down the drain <laughs> that this movie represents. It really was something. It really was. Anyway, anyway, uh, we're watching some fights again. Yeah, we're back to watching fights. This week's theme is up and comers. We're watching three promising recent additions to the UFC, although in one case, not that recent. It's just taking them a long time to take any to get to any fight that matters. Um, fighters that people think are poised for big things, fighters that people are hyped about, that kind of thing. Some some of who some of whom actually are poised for big things. Yeah, just yeah. happen to be either hilariously bad or miserably bad to watch. Yes, all of them are in fact like not good in very key ways. Yeah, yes. we should call this one uh, up and comer downers. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good, right? That is that is functional. <laughs> Zane's the title is, master usually. You got to give me that one. No, I I think we'll we'll I'll I'll, I'll uh, we'll throw that up on the Substack. Oh up and comer down. It's the only win I've gotten in <laughs> 33 years. <laughs> <laughs> Finally got one. <laughs> babe, babe, I got one. It's <laughs> 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 like shouting out to his imaginary girlfriend. <laughs> I love the idea he like pulls a little cord next to him and like a little tiny shower of confetti comes down that he's been <laughs> storing up there for like it's just torn up toilet paper <laughs> 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 I made it very clearly made it myself <laughs> couldn't afford confetti uh, anyway what are our three fights yeah we're so we'll be kicking things off with the newest latest uh not actually very good prospect, hyper hyped prospect in the UFC. Raul Rosas taking in his single loss of his career to date against Christian Rodriguez from UFC 287. Then we'll be jumping over to a more of a like a I almost want to call him like a classic overhyped prospect, overperforming overhyped prospect because he seems like he's been around in the UFC forever now, and it's only just now that he's getting to a point where it's like, oh, okay, now you're gonna finally start taking fights that you should really be losing. And that's Grant Dawson. And we're gonna be ta- watching his fight against Leonardo Santos at oh. UFC Vegas 22. Grant Dawson, that's the name of my fighter in uh, UFC Undisputed 3. <laughs> it was randomly generated by the game. I mean, I'm sure he looks, in fact, somewhat more exciting than yeah. he fights in a more exciting way. Yeah. Grant does Grant Dawson. Dawson even have a tattoo? I don't think he does. have a single identifying mark? No. He is he's, he's a made-to-order John Doe. That, that man dies... Yeah. And his own family are going to have to get a, a DNA test to, to identify him. They're going to come down to the court and be like, I don't know, that might be him. <laughs> Ma'am, is this your husband? Maybe. Uh, can, we, can we do like a dental match or something? Can I see Look like for a one of those color body? swatches and have like try and match him up for the exact right shade of ruddy. <laughs> then we'll be we'll be wrapping everything up 
with our top, one of the greatest bad, wildly bad fighters in UFC history, honestly. I got to yeah. say, mm-hmm. he's got that title because it was like, what were the previous iterations? Like Keith Jardine, maybe? And yeah. yeah. Uh, Which, to be fair, Keith Jardine also beat a former UFC champion. Yeah. In Chuck Liddell. But I, I think most people would agree Robert Whitaker is slightly better than Chuck Liddell. Yeah. Yep. And so Drinkus Duplessis really is in a. Yep. Uh, just... what's his face? There was what's his face in Bellator. Uh, Emmanuel Newton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we yeah. have watched Emmanuel Newton way back in the early days of this show. Mm-hmm. As Newton well, we should have. He's a bad fight legend. Yeah. I, I believe I, we watched Newton versus King Mo. Yeah. Or maybe an even worse one with no finish. But we're going to be watching Drikus Duplessis against Brad Tavares from UFC 276. So that'll be our wrap-up fight. Three fights back-to-back-to-back. We'll be watching all three of these fights on UFC Fight Pass. If you want to watch along with us, I will count you down. We'll be starting each video right at the beginning, the 0-0 mark. So I'll count you down. Three, two, one, go. We'll hit play. And that'll sync you up with us if you are watching through some other medium. If you're watching them on ESPN Plus or on DVD, God help you, Mm. or on YouTube or some Russian streaming site, whatever it is, Connor will try to tell you when round one is about to start so you can sync your video to the beginning of round one. If you're watching on a Twitch stream where somebody pretends to be playing the old fights as a game. Yeah, I'm I'm here for you. So let's let's kick things off if we're all set and prepped with Raul Rosas Jr. versus Christian Rodriguez at UFC 287. I'm as ready as I will ever be. All right, Phil. Yep. All right, starting in three, two, one, go. Brought to you via uh, V-Chain, the official blockchain of the UFC. That's still a sponsor, right? I think so. Is it actually? Oh, God. Is it? Probably. Have always, the... uh, whenever I see this kind of stuff, I'm always tempted to, like, look up what its market cap is. Mm. Like, what was the shitcoin that Rory McDonald got paid in? Oh, God, yeah. Like, I wonder what that's worth now. <laughs> Yeah. Probably less than a dollar. It was like Litecoin or something. I've, I've vaguely heard of that. I'm not even, even sure if it was that. It was, but yeah, Jesus. That's too prominent. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Are the, Have the Nelk boys been terminated yet? Oh, I don't know. They're like some crypto guys or something, I think. No, they're just some podcasters. It's just a podcast thing. Aren't they some guys that made a bunch of money on like NFTs or something? Could be, but I thought that's why Daniel was friends with them. Uh, no, I think he's his esteemed like... fellow members of the new rich. Let me see. I, I... All I know is I... they have the most disgusting they were name prank I've ever show heard. Guys. Yeah. They're just long time. Like, Frank show. Oh my god. So it really is it's just Dana trying to like relive the tap out days. Well, it's his connection to like the the Zoomer, his version yeah, exactly. of Zoomer millennial collection. Connection Ugh. is is this. 
What a so, sad man. Phil hasn't heard of them, which is gratifying. Oh, yeah. no, I don't think we know. Do I? No, I don't. Well, Dana White gave them, like, he gave one of them, like, 250 grand for a birthday present. So, yeah. I wish it would be really funny if he gave them 250 grand in, like, iTunes gift cards. Because <laughs> you can't just give somebody cash, can you? All right, here we go. Round one of Rosas Rodriguez starts now. So I think what we're going to see in this fight, fellas, is um, an experience that Raul Rosas will definitely, by now, surely, have learned from. Dwayne, really? Why do you think you learned from this? Well, surely. I mean, this is his prospect loss. That's what happens, right? So I did. You, I haven't seen his latest fight. He did. Did he not? Um, no, I mean, not well. He he came out and threw lots of wild strikes, and then one of them worked. Good. I know. Yes, I like, did. So, I I did see it, guys. I'm making the joke that he didn't improve. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, yeah, I we think, keep up. I think we, he's he just all we what we just both assumed that you might be that dense. So it's just up. it's, it's kind of hard. It's like, oh yeah, ca- keep up with Connor, or is he just traveling at half speed? Do I have to slow down is, or do I have to speed up? I don't know. Yeah. True. Connor's never sarcastic, you know. He's just well, stupid. Huh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. He thinks it's sarcasm. We think that it's just, you know, a little sad. I'm gonna I'm gonna get off the call and go watch that Cerrone movie again. <laughs> oh. I don't think this fight is gonna be miserable, miserable. I remember no. actually enjoying it live because I do always enjoy seeing a, a a a significantly more experienced fighter who's not really very good. Yeah. Just sort of like yeah, I actually, I actually thought Rodriguez looked. Actually, I thought he looked quite good in this fight. Like yeah, he's it, grappling. It was, it yeah. was like Rodriguez, uh, Rosa's self-destructing. But like, I thought Rodriguez is like grappling defense. Like he's already shown some yeah. actually genuinely decent takedown defense. His I'm whole grappling sure he just didn't have before this. Like. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that has to be realized. It, th- that's probably the hardest lesson that I think is going to... I don't know that Roses could ever can ever really overcome it. We'll see, because he's still so young. There's, you know, it's, it's hard to know where he'll end up and how he'll end up changing physically over time. Mm-hmm. But the problem here was just that, like, you know, Christian Rodriguez, he's not, like... He's not that athletic. He's not that uh, dynamic. But he is just not weaker than Raul Rosas. And Ra- Raul Rosas is just not, he's not as strong as he thinks he is. You well, know? Yeah. His, I mean, as we're seeing right now, he's has had zero experience. Well, now he has. And. I am aware has not really seemed to have learned from it, but he has zero experience of a fight where efficiency is even a thought. Yeah. Yeah. The, the idea of an opponent just putting up tenacious defense and winning later. Yeah. Is completely foreign to him. And that's, I mean, that's why I say it's a difficult thing is that like he has built his entire game around this idea that he 
has an overwhelming athletic advantage. You yeah. know, that if yeah, because he doesn't that, have like he doesn't have like Muhammad Makayev's game. No, he's not quite that uh, superb a technician. Yeah, as you can see, he did tenaciously get his ass right onto Rodriguez's back and lock up a choke. I I, I gotta wonder though, do you think that um, you know, do you, do you think that Jack Della Maddalena is jealous that Raul Roses hasn't had to work half as hard to get his face? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we can joke about that because I'm pretty sure Raul Roses ha- has a cleft palate. Fair enough. Just from the man's face. He's got like a hair lip. I think he was probably born with a defect. He looks like somebody who had a cleft palate surgically repaired. Just Can't say for sure, but Jack any, Della, ta- any I, talks funny. The point is that Jack Della Maddalena is working really hard. Yeah, well, he earned that face. That look. Yeah, he definitely has a you're, you're taking everything I worked for, motherfucker, <laughs> attitude towards <laughs> Ronald Rosas. Yeah. I'm the guy with the most smashed in face in the UFC. <laughs> I do like the way that, like, uh, like we're going to be looking at Grant Dawson as one of like the most generic MMA looking looking MMA fighters of all time, and Raul Rosas Jr. is just like he's very familiar looking <laughs> in a very different way. Like, yeah. it's like a combination of famous MMA fighters. You know, he looks like a combination of like. Dan Henderson, plus maybe like a little bit of Robbie Lawler. Plus and some some Max Holloway in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like I guess if uh if like Grant Dawson is the is the median, then Raul Roses would be the mean. It, it it's the classic Joe Roganism. If you made a fighter in a lab, but they mm-hmm. made a fighter in a blender and then they just <laughs> undercooked it. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, one of the things about uh, putting someone into the UFC at the kind of insane range age that they put Rosas Jr. in. And what is it here, 18, that, 19? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Is that they have to get much better between every fight. Yeah. Or they're just going to get, they're just going to start getting, like, fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Well, That's I mean, it. to be fair, they have done their best to match him easily. Yeah, but they, I mean, they, the, the other, they have proven they can, they know how to do that when it suits yeah, the, them. But the other the other problem is that you are trying to match the improvement levels. Yeah. Of other fighters, you're not you know you can take other fighters as a static. So you could look at Christian Rodriguez and you could be like, man, this guy cannot stop a takedown to save his life. Oops, the thing there is, this the thing is that like Christian Rodriguez is 25 years old. He yeah. can also improve very quickly between fights. He's yep. a he's not a static point. He is his own improvement curve, and he kind of shows yeah. that. He's like he's you know he's he's only got ten fights total. Yeah, I mean Bellator didn't go um, insane giving Aaron Pico like a contender, and in mm-hmm. his first loss, it was sort of a Christian Rodriguez type. It was just yeah. a decently a experienced fighter. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I thought like Rodriguez looked genuinely more insistent on Beautiful like elbow fighting there from... the takedowns, on getting out, on yeah. like responding, sprawling, fighting hands. Like, than I, you know, because I was thinking everyone had the same conclusion when this fight was booked. It was just yeah. like this guy can't stop takedowns. He's gonna eat them, and he's gonna get, you know, he's gonna get taken down. He's gonna get submitted. But like, look at this. Yeah, yeah. he's crushing him. 
beautiful elbow uh, he landed off the wizard in there a moment ago. Yeah, I mean, we might get, like, you know. Oh, that's what I like to see, by the way. Raul Rosa's getting horribly exhausted going for takedowns, goes back to striking. Maybe I should try something different. What does he try? Spinning back kick. Back kick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the, no more classic. classic sign of MMA striking than the idea that you default to a spinning back kick before yeah. you learn how to throw a jab. Absolutely classic. He still hasn't learned how to throw a jab. His most no. recent fight, it was little. I, I, I laughed out loud when they showed him backstage warming up before that fight yeah and he was there with a pad man just throwing a single overhand right over and over on the mitts that yeah is so funny i was like yeah. i hope he's doing something else back there but all we saw was 30 seconds of his coach having him throw overhand rights i he is a prime example of why i hate to see fighters go pro when they're as young as he is is just that like the likely level of coaching that your teenage kid is going to be getting at an MMA gym is just, it's, it's so unlikely to be good. It, it's, it's almost certainly going to be some local, you know, yeah, Bob's MMA factory where they're going to be learning a hyper generic version of MMA where like, you know, maybe one of the coaches wrestled in high school. Maybe one of the coaches does is like a, you know, a brown belt in jujitsu under an accredited system mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. And they take some smoker kickboxing bouts on weekends to keep to get guys experience. And they're not going to, you know, they're not going to learn high level skills training out of a camp like that and you start throwing them into big fights or to start throwing them into pro fights and you basically just set a bar where you know Raul Rosas does not have a functional striking game wow that was a that was a really good fence grab from Rodriguez he just yeah just like sly clenched onto <laughs> that thing and used it to call position but also beautiful riding uh, control yeah grappling here yeah i mean like i said I, I saw this and i was like christian rodriguez actually i genuinely think he has some potential to be like good i mean it's you know it probably doesn't matter because he's a bantamweight and yeah everyone of that division is in, is incredibly good yeah he may have upped his takedown defense but otherwise this is still a case of raul rosa's having a game which happens to sort of match up with the thing that rodriguez is obviously best at like his can he win fights with this grappling game against other bantamweights? That is an open question. Well, the thing the, the thing for Rodriguez is that, and this was the biggest thing that I remember seeing when going into this fight, is that he's slow. And he's still slow in this fight. You know, Rosas Jr. is beating him to most first positions. Yeah. The, it's And that kind of thing is like, you know, that's not going to, change for Rodriguez in future fights. He is going to be slower than the bulk of the fighters that he faces in this division. He's not he's just got in this fight he's got the ability to find a better position in the scrambles than Rosas every time because Rosas doesn't care what mistakes he makes because his confidence is, you know, he's used to being stronger than everybody. He's used to being positionally dominant against people who will just go away against yeah. everybody. And 
you know, that's, yeah. That's the re- the thing where, to me, like, for Rodriguez, yeah, he looks good here, but it's also just kind of an example of, you know, it's the Chase Hooper thing. Mm-hmm. Where you can see Chase Hooper, like, style on some decent fighters, and then you see him get stranded on the feet again in the fight, you're like, oh, wow, yeah, right, that's right. right. This guy really still doesn't know how to do half the basics. Well, we will be seeing, uh, it'll be in the past by the time our listeners hear this, but... Uh... They have rebooked Christian Rodriguez's fight with uh, Drikas Duplessis teammate Cameron oh, Simon. Oh, Cameron Simon, yeah. Oh. So get- who would be another fitting entrance to entrant to this list, frankly, of like yeah, up and comers that aren't very good or you know have huge technical deficiencies. Yep. But uh, you know I. Simon, I would probably pick Simon to beat Rodriguez, honestly. I don't know. It's not interesting enough for me to have thought about it yet. Yeah. No, it, it's not. But, yeah, the, the, the problem for Rodriguez is going to remain that he's not fast for bantamweight. When and counter right hands now, though. This is, this is a nice fight. It, like, it's one where Christian Rodriguez... Looks like GSP. (laughs) (laughs) Just continually finding one new way. Yeah, continually finding one new way to beat you with each passing round. Yeah. And now he's suddenly outstriking Rosas as well as having beaten him everywhere else. Nice. Yeah, I mean, once any fighter realizes Rosas doesn't have a jab, then you know that you can just... Yeah, what's to stop me? He'll have to back up. I can tell when you're lunging in because not subtle and I can just step into you because what are you going to do? Swing a big spinning back kick me? Yeah. I can beat you to every punch with a straight shot. I can always force you back. It is some nice takedown defense, Phil. You are right about that in this fight. Yeah, I mean, like I was, I was, yeah, genuinely kind of impressed with him. Like it's, it wouldn't be the first time that you've seen like a fight between like two prospects or two like young fighters one of whom is the prospect and one of them who's just like a guy and then like the guy just kind of beats his ass nice limp leg there yeah yeah Yeah. you you could just tell rose just has this is such a foreign experience to him like yeah i think he's tired but i think far more than that he is just like completely out of ideas yeah he's just not used to the idea that when he ties up with somebody everything he does doesn't work you know just keep punching him christian why are you going for this yeah. there you go he don't need to do anything else oh my goodness yeah. well i forgot what a beatdown this became <laughs> yeah he just sort of okay. smothered roses he's no. actually whooping his ass now yeah it, it's it's one of those cathartic moments of you know for the old men in the world. Nothing against Raul, just like, yeah. it's more cathartic, uh, sort of like the UFC hype, this guy obviously made this fight thinking they were giving Rosas a win. Well, that yeah. is just got, he, he, he's Zoomer annoying, you know? Is he? Yeah. He's I've, very I've much. Encounter, I've encountered the dude. It's just like, it was just like, you know, when, yeah, when they brought him in, you're just like, this is stupid. This is stupid. He shouldn't be doing this. And it's just like, yes, this is why he shouldn't be doing this. Because you matched him up 
as softly as you could, and the guy beat the shit out of him. Well, they <laughs> found a they found a softer matchup for him next. They did. Yeah, mm-hmm. they managed to do it. Ter- uh, Terrence Mitchell. Yeah. Yep. Per, one of the guy. Full time yeah. garbage man, part time fighter. What go. would well, I was thinking? Like out of the men's divisions, what would be the one the division where you'd be like, okay, nineteen year old, you should be in this division. Are there light any? Heavyweight. Yeah, maybe light, light heavyweight. Light yeah. heavyweight. Because that's where your speed and your power and your dynamic ability are. But they'd have to be a really standout athlete for you to have yeah, that yeah, feeling yeah. in any division. You'd have to be like, this person's really, really impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But light heavyweight is the one where you, and, and honestly, maybe flyweight because you're just so likely to spend your time scrambling. If you're yeah, yeah. like a really insane athlete. So yeah, that's my that's my issue with light heavyweight is that you're gonna is that you're probably gonna eat horrific damage. Yeah, this no is, kidding. Yeah. So yeah, flyweight maybe I think it'd just be like Max Holloway, just do it at featherweight, <laughs> and then just and just be one of the greatest natural talents of all time, and just get just do get insanely better from fight to fight. You know, yeah. it'll be fine. <laughs> just expect everyone to be like Max Holloway. Yeah. You ever feel like uh, it would be cool to uh, to see more uh, like truly bare knuckle MMA? Yes. Like yeah. no raps, no raps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the raps that's, is such a load of bullshit. Yeah, that's the thing. Basically, gloves. Like what? Yeah, yeah. That's it's the a, bulk of the hand protection. Yeah. A cup man can make your hands feel like rocks with a good wrap job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like now your punch is just hit harder and also people just get people just get absolutely viciously lacerated yeah yeah but for mma it would make a really big difference with grappling oh yeah Mm -hmm. the rear naked choke is such a potent move even with mma gloves like it is by far the most common finish and i think it probably is that way still in jiu-jitsu is like okay that was a terrible fight for the mma depressed us it was totally fine and entertaining it's true actually we yeah, have to watch it. Gotcha, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got. We are. Awesome we are one hundred percent doing the Imanari thing next time. I don't. Oh, even... I saw a cool Donald Cerrone movie. We got it. Donald Cerrone. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> this is not becoming the fun fights and Donald Cerrone movies podcast. Yeah, me and me and Phil are gonna start chanting like you're a substitute teacher we don't respect. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Simon Smells. <laughs> you just refuse to watch the video you want us to watch. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have I'm just gonna have to I'm gonna call your girlfriend in for a conference. <laughs> you could be like uh you could be like uh, Mr. Vikas. That was my uh, well-known substitute teacher who who had a very long pinky nail. Nice. But we were told that this was a maybe some listener can tell me if this is true that this was a status symbol back in Greece and not a cocaine thing. Is it a status symbol because of the cocaine that you know that people then know you're doing? That's what I would assume. I've never heard of that in my life. It was apparently a a cultural thing, but. they would have been a Greek doing cocaine. He would have been a very funny guy to do cocaine because he was like an old Greek man. So that would have rocked if that was the case. Let's see. Uh, 
Long pinky nails on men are quite common in Greece, Italy, Portugal, and Turkey. There you go. Yeah. A mark of high status, indicating that one did not have to engage in manual labor. So there you go. It's a class marker. There you go. Also, the weird thing about this fight is that, like, I looked up... Sorry, that's about China. (laughs) I looked up V-Chain, and it had already absolutely tanked by the time the UFC was sponsoring it. It must have been one of those things where it was just like one last roll of the dice. Yeah. All the money that they had left from all the suckers, sorry, their customers that had bought V-Chain. They were just like, let's get it on the UFC, and then we'll get a whole bunch more of customers. It really was such an obvious last dying gasp of the whole crypto and uh, NFT and, and you know Bitcoin industry and all that when it all went into sports marketing. Yep. And it was just like, okay, you're really trying to just find more random people to dump money in because it's a pyramid scheme and you have to have investors at the bottom. Yeah. Yep. It all started as this very like elitist, you know. Oh, I can afford the technology to mine my Bitcoin, and I'm creating a new monetary system out of my investments. But it's just it's just MLM. Like you have to then convince more people to get in on it. So especially with NFTs, at least crypto. Yeah. Like the cryptocurrency has made a couple of suckers rich. Yeah. Uh, Not just the ones who are pulling the rugs. NFTs was like the parallels to the tulip thing. Yeah. Were so easy to make that they became like trite. And yet it's like, that's literally what it is. It's like, people are going to look back on this and be like, what? Yeah. People people thought pictures of monkeys were going to be worth millions of dollars. Why? Good question. All right. All right. We've already moved past our first fight now because. Yeah, we're done with that. It was too entertaining. Saying yeah. mad, everything's going according to plan. Next up. Leonardo Santos, Grant Dawson. This will be depressing. All Ooh. right. Starting in. Hold on, hold on. I got to refresh. Sorry. I am. Me too. Thank God I said something. All right. Ready to go? Mm-hmm. Connor? Yep. All right. Starting in three, two, one, go. Grant Dawson, Leonardo Santos. Of course, by the time our listeners are hearing this, Grant Dawson will have failed to crush, but still somehow beaten Bobby Green. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm holding out hope he's going to get absolutely destroyed. Yeah, I mean, the weird thing is, is that like normally, like on heavy hands, when one of us really hates a fighter, the other one will be like, actually, you know, he's okay. Yeah. If you really think about it, you know, he's got some yeah. um, uh, he's got some admirable he's got some admirable qualities and uh like it's always going to we're always like take one side one person will sort of by default take the other side of the uh argument and it's just been like Connor's just been like Trump Dawson I fucking hate him I just Fuck been, like, I fucking hate him too. <laughs> it's just like he must be the first guy where like we just loathe him from like a yeah. fighting style perspective. It's not Josh Emmett. It's not Valentina Shevchenko. I, I was exactly on the same page in hating Grant Dawson. I had a there were a couple moments where I thought I he was turning a corner and I turned a corner. I'm like, okay, you know, it was I think it was 
Was it the Naramani fight where he did all the kicking? Or I don't remember. Mm. I don't remember. Round one's going to be starting me, in a... Can't make me remember Grant Dawson fights. <laughs> you can't make me. Okay, here we go. Round one is about to begin. Round one. This is going to be the best moments of the fight here. So enjoy it while you can. Round one starting now. Yeah, okay. It was either the, the Trezano fight or maybe it was the Naramani fight where he just did a shit ton of kicking. And I was like, okay, you know what? If Grant Dawson wants to do uh, the whole Colby Covington thing, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. It, it, it is at least an understanding of the MMA meta of like, okay, throw a lot of volume and stay in somebody's face. God, he just has zero striking defense. But, but then he moved to lightweight and suddenly it became very apparent against lightweights that he didn't have the power to make them respect him at all standing. Yeah. And at once that happened, all of the idea of him as a volume striker of any sort just died. And that has made him ferociously unfun to watch again. Mm -hmm. Why is it so, so common that MMA fighters back up in straight lines and stick both hands out when they're trying not to get hit? When that is like one of the first things you learn not to do. I don't know. I think it's just. I think it's just a because they all come to striking so late. Yeah, and so it's just like a baseline discomfort that they can't. Because I mean, get. our other options for this were like, this is the most sort of philosophically depressing because Leo Santos looks good and he's a fighter that like nerds like us like. Yeah, but the we get to true see it. The mayor is Magulov. Yeah, that would have been the same thing. Um. But we could have also watched, say, Grant Dawson's fight with Jared Gordon, where yeah. he gets tired and then just gets lit up. Or his fight with Mark O. Madsen, where he gets knocked down almost immediately by a, a Greco-Roman wrestler who's not a particularly potent strike. He's not Dan Henderson here. Yeah. yeah. And he just gets dropped. Like, his his striking defense is so bad. Also, they're now talking about Grant Dawson's personality, apparently, which it revolves around candy, I think. Oh, my God. Is that why he moved up weight class? I don't know. He's, yeah, I mean, he's, he's pretty big for a featherweight. Revolves around candy? Well, they're talking about him being in a candy. I think that unless they're talking about Leo Santos, but I doubt it, that they were talking about him be, Dawson being a candy aficionado. I gotta look this up. That's somehow the most depressing thing I could have possibly learned about him. Yeah. Like, how like, Midwestern can you be? Three minutes into this fight, you're just like, there's no way this guy is gonna win. And n- no way he's going to have sustained success in the UFC. Like, the, like, he's not Khabib, where, like, the takedown is an inevitability. And he's yeah. he's really bad on the feet. Yeah. He just gets tripped into Well. Well. Oh God. 
To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post Fight Show, the Show Money Podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.